Welcome to another episode of Irish Talks, the only podcast that lets you decide the topics of today's episode. We can talk about sports, movies, pop culture, exercise, dating, finance, music. Uh, well, whatever topic it may be, we got you covered. This is Irish Talks. Yo, 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 I'd like to welcome everybody to the first ever episode of Irish Talks Podcast. And today's episode is uh, something special for me. Um, being the first episode, I, I decided um, to bring on a guest that I've known for quite some time. Um, we go back to the days of playing cards in his basement where I would steal his lunch money and uh and he probably went to his bed crying um it's it's uh it's uh i brought him on as my first guest because he's got a charity that he is involved with and i love when people are part of charities so without further ado i would like to uh invite him to this podcast and first of all I want to start out by saying he had open for Doug Stanhope he had open for Chad Daniels Bob Zaney he is Antigo's number one stand-up comedian and professional wrestling fan now living in the great twin cities he probably is also one of the biggest Brewers fans I know and I mean, like, literally, this guy probably listens or watches every single game a year. Give him mad props for that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Brady Gregrich to the podcast. Mr. Irish, how you doing, buddy? I am doing great. Thank you for joining me today. Um, first of all, I want to just kind of start off, you know, everybody asks the question, how did you get started? I, I really don't want to go down that road. We could be here probably for the next 20 years. Um, where you would start losing your hair. Wait a second, you've already lost your hair. Uh, hair joke. Um, but anyways, so I want to start off by how long have you been doing comedy for? Well, after you stole my lunch money from playing that card game all those years ago, I, I decided to take a detour path, and I, uh, I started doing comedy. I did my first open mic in April of 2015, so I'm sneaking up on about four years that I've uh, dabbled in comedy. So everybody, as an entertainer, um, I know that there's a process that I go through before preparing for a show, um, before giving my clients a memorable night. I'm going to guess as a comedian, that is a, a, a thing that you do as well. You have to prep for the show. You're probably creating new jokes. Uh, kind of give us that process of how you go about preparing for your shows. A lot of it uh, is just going through ideas and everything that you've written down leading up to it. Um, you should try and write every day. That's one tip that I've gotten offline from a couple of uh, great comedians out there. Uh, Gary Goldman, uh, he puts some tip. He's been putting some tips out there on Twitter. If you want to follow him, if you're into entertainment or just good life advice, uh, but just writing observations down, things that you see that you think are funny. Doesn't matter how messed up they are. Doesn't matter how twisted the other way or doesn't matter how boring somebody else might think they are um there's always at least some sort of a joke in there um whether it turns into a bit and gets better or something that gets on the scrap heap uh, 
before a show, a joke or your set will change about a million times. It's a lot of anxiety. You know how that goes before a show. You want everything to go right. You want everyone to have fun. You don't want there to be any a-holes in the crowd that are heckling you and what you're going to say if that does happen. Um, but that's just part of the game, and it's just trying to be as prepared as you can, um, not going up there and, and winging it. Uh, some people do that. It personally doesn't work for me. I like to have a game plan, go through all the anxiety of getting your show together, getting your an idea at least of your set list, what you want to do, what you want to say, um, and try and tell a story to everybody. Um, with that comes a crap ton of anxiety, um, but weirdly enough, once I get on stage, that kind of goes away. I look out at the crowd um, and it's just like you're talking and you're bullshitting with your friends. So it's, it's a weird dynamic, but uh, it's, it's always an ongoing process, right? Write down everything and, and try and find a joke and laughter at least once a day. So I'm going to imagine that every comedian, you, you traveled around Wisconsin. I mean, how far have you gone? Where have you been to in your short but good career. Um, I've I've done shows in Duluth. Uh, I've done shows in St. Cloud. Um, I actually worked out that I was able to do an open mic when I was traveling for my day job a few years ago. I did uh, an open mic at the Comedy Zone in uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, so that was that was a good test, and just going to all these different cities and trying jokes and telling a joke in Duluth that maybe didn't get a laugh and then going to Charlotte and telling that same joke and it gets a laugh and then you go to Milwaukee and it kills. It's amazing how different each city is and each crowd is going to be um, and what they think is going to be funny. But that was a little bit of a validation for me being able to travel all over and at least getting some laughs and having decent sets in all of those cities. Um, at least in my eyes, that was kind of a validation. That like, okay, I'm, I'm at least tapping into something that I'm not completely making an ass of myself up there. Do you find that, you know, with these different cities and, and jokes being different level of whether it, it, it works out well or it tanks or whatever the case may be, do you find that there's a correlation to the culture? I think a lot of it, I mean, it depends on the night of the week. It depends on the time of the show. I mean, if you're on the Saturday late show or the Friday late show, I've heard horror stories of those. I personally have been on some really good ones, and I've been on some ones that didn't go as good. Um, the crowd is a little bit more laid back. Maybe they had a long week at work. Um, a lot of it is is just looking out before the show even starts, and you try and get a feel for the crowd. Like if you're up there and you look and you see it's a little bit of a younger crowd and you got references from about Richard Nixon and the 60s and the 70s, probably going to fall a little bit flatter than if you have something that's a little bit more current. Um, so you try and tailor that a little bit. Try and keep it as relevant to pos- as possible to as many people. The goal is, is to reach as many people as you can and try and see that somebody in their 20s and somebody in their 60s that are at your show and they're both laughing at the same joke. You want to try and make that a, as big an arc as possible. For sure, for sure. So I'm going to imagine, and, and this is just me kind of thinking outside the box, being at all the events that I've done over the years, I've seen some pretty... Uh, let's just let's just put it uh, lightly. Wild things mm. um, at at the end of my events or during the events. I'm gonna guess that you have one story, one story that you can share with the audience that just sticks out with you, and it's something that maybe you tell everybody. But 
It's the one story that anytime someone asks you, give me the craziest thing you've seen or you've heard or you've done, you tell them. And I know we, we talked about a couple, but I had one that uh, that came to mind here um, as you were describing it. And I, I do a joke uh, in my set where I say that a friend tells me I'm not a professional comedian until I get uh, late after a show because a woman thinks I'm funny. Um, so I'm not a professional comedian because that has not happened yet. Um, but at the end, I say, if anybody wants to tell me to go semi, I'd probably taken the old HJ in the parking lot after the show. Well, after the show, I was out front uh, shaking hands with everybody in the crowd. And this uh, woman, middle-aged woman, came up with her husband, both of them smiling. Uh, he shook my hand. She leans in for a hug and says, uh, I would like to help you go pro and backs away. As the husband is smiling, that was uh, probably the most awkward I've ever felt in my life. And I have dealt with some pretty pretty awkward, <laughs> horrific stuff over the years. So I didn't quite know what to say. I just said thank you. You should and have been I like, I'll just stay semi-pro for <laughs> I, now. I appreciate your offer, but I would just like to uh, say thank you for coming to the show and drive safe. Wow. <laughs> and going into straight host mode there <laughs> just walk away yep. turn around I'm, walk away i'm good ma'am thank yeah. you yeah well, yep. was she cute at least no 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 nope. uh, yeah <laughs> don't want don't want that then no nope. <laughs> oh man that's uh yeah that's a pretty that's a pretty good story so uh, you know we've got this event coming up uh next weekend and uh it's something that you started and that is going to be um February 16th, correct? Correct, yes. So February 16th at North Star Bowling Alley, mm-hmm. um, you are hosting a uh, charity event that you started and is called Chuckles for Charity. That is correct. Uh, first of all, what is this charity about? What does it entail? Um, give us a little bit of background behind this charity that you're involved with. And uh, it's it's a little bit somber, the story of where it comes from, Um but in 2009, uh, my niece, Jaden, uh, passed away from brain cancer um, in the summer of 2009. Uh, and after that, um, we learned a lot of things uh, about what she had gone through in treatment as things were going on. And one of the things was that she stayed, uh, her and her, her family, uh, my brother um, and sister-in-law stayed at the Ronald McDonald House in Milwaukee. And we learned about the amazing things that they do for families that are staying there that um, whether they have money or they don't have money, it gives them a place for lodging. It gives them a place to be together while their child is getting treatment. So they don't have to pay. They don't have to worry about food. They don't have to worry about their laundry. They don't have to worry about people not understanding. There's Everybody there is so supportive. Um, it's really a wonderful thing. Um, and then the MAC fund is for cancer research in Wisconsin. They do amazing work. Um, and both of those causes are, both of those charities are funded by events like this. And one of the things I thought of when I started comedy and I see, all, I saw all these fundraisers and the power that comedy can have, um, in bringing communities together and also for causes, uh, that kind of spurred me to say, I think it would be nice to do something in her name to be able to donate um, to those causes, and especially the Ronald McDonald House for everything that they did for her while she was going through treatment, um, to kind of give something back to them and other kids that are, are fighting through that. So the first year I started comedy, um, I, I, I didn't do much that year with it, and then it kind of spurred on. 
Uh, the following year, I met a comedian who is our headliner this year, uh, Frank Roach, who uh, I met him as I was emceeing a different show, and he he we we hit it off really well. Uh, he's one of the best guys I know uh, that I've met not only in the business but outside of the business in general. And he was on America's Got Talent. And he was on America's Got Talent, and he donated his time when I told him that I wanted to run this charity show in Anago. Just kind of hodgepodge threw it together for the first year. Uh, it did so well. Uh, we raised uh, over two thousand dollars. Just kind of not really knowing what we were doing. Then the second year that we did it in October 2017, we were able to raise about $3,500. So we almost doubled our money. And just from people coming together and telling jokes in a small community like Anigo, uh, we've raised about 65 or 35. How's the math? 55? Not very good. Yeah, that's why you do comedy. That's that's that Anigo education. That's right, right there. So about. About $5,500, give or take. Um, so we're hoping this year, if we can make it even bigger and better, we can maybe eclipse that $9,000 mark. And um, it's just it's something that's near and dear to me, and it gives the people of Anigo to come out uh, a chance together and just have a night out, have some drinks, have some fun, see some people they may haven't seen in a while, and knowing that your money's going to a worthwhile cause. And just a side note, this is why I took your lunch money and cards, is because you didn't know how to count the oh, cards. So, yeah, consistently uh, took yeah, my lunch con- money. Consistently. Yeah. Uh, you, you paid for uh, a lot of um, great breakfasts. At, at the uh, Dixie? No, McDonald's usually before oh, I went there home. You go. Yeah, usually got McDonald's before. I'd usually bring my parents' breakfast too. Oh, nice. And then all your guys' money. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I remember those nights. But, uh, yeah, going back, uh, Ronald McDonald, uh, definitely a great, um, uh, charity and, and a place for people. Um, I can say when I was younger and my sister was born, we spent, uh, two months, I believe it was a month or two months at the Ronald McDonald's because my sister was born two months early and she spent, oh, wow. uh, uh, a good a good amount of time at uh, the Marshfield Hospital, so we uh, we spent quite a bit of time there. So um, definitely definitely cool that you're doing that. And Frank, yeah, Frank's a great guy. I got to talk to him um, at one of his shows, and very down to earth. Yes. Um, and if you haven't got a chance, he does some of the most amazing impressions um, I have seen. So um, if you haven't uh, got your ticket to this event, um, I don't know what you're waiting for. You definitely need to to get that. Um, First, how did the Chuckles for Charity name come about? That was more or less just trying to put something together that sounded cohesive and not too corny, but it was catchy that you could promote and also wasn't like trademarked or anything like that by a big organization. So it was more or less just like, well, what sounds good that makes people want to come out and have a good time? And it just kind of stuck with one of those. It was short. It was catchy with the Chuckles for Charity and... um People seem to like it. We made shirts last year, um, and those pretty much sold out. We're making shirts again this year. We made can koozies this year. It just seems like something that people can latch on to, mm-hmm. and it's something, especially if it's tied to that area and it's tied to that show. And I've had people tell me that they hear that that name or they hear the show and they think of me and the other comedians and what we're doing uh, for these two charities and if that brings a good thought to their head, maybe when they're having a crappy day or knowing that they're coming to the show and they're doing something worthwhile, that's for sure. There's a lot in the name for sure. So, so you've got this event coming up and you've got uh, you and Frank 
And uh, who else you got on the on the ticket for for that event? Well, we have uh, hosting the show. Uh, we have uh, two of my great friends, uh, Dave Stager Jr., uh, who's from Anago, and then AJ McKenzie, uh, who actually I met him through a mutual friend before I even started doing comedy, and he was really one of the people that pushed me to do it because he uh, did stand up comedy as well, and kind of told me to stop being stop being scared, get out there and. And pursue it if it's something you want to do. If you fall on your face and you suck, it is what it is, but at least you can say that you tried. So he's agreed to come back again this year and host the show with Davey. Uh, we have Tracy Schrader uh, coming out of Appleton. I met her at uh, Skyline Comedy Club in Appleton uh, in 2018, the summer of 2018. I got a chance to open for her. She's unbelievable. She's one of the nicest people that I've ever met, and she is so so damn funny. Uh, you, everyone's going to love her. Um, and then we also have Jeff LaFleur, another great friend that I've met on the comedy circuit out of Milwaukee. And, and the, I guess that's one running theme with all these people. They're all so down to earth and they're all willing to donate their time. And a lot of them, they could be making a lot of money elsewhere at a different gig on Valentine's Day weekend. And they're willing to come up here and donate their time um, for these causes just because I've met them and I asked them and we hit it off and have a good friendship. Those are the kind of people they are. And they're even funnier comedians. I, I, I just can't wait for, to see theirs. I'm as a fan, I'm excited just to see their sets. For sure. I, I always enjoy a good comedy show. I used to go to the comedy club when I lived in Madison and um, it's, it's just something you can kind of, you know, be mindless, enjoy a few laughs and, and let all the troubles and worries of your day, your week, your month, your year, yep all behind you and just uh you know there's there's something about laughing that really changes how you feel so if uh obviously it's not completely sold out yet not yet no okay um if someone wants to get a ticket or uh you know how do they go about what give us the details on the event show uh we don't have a website this year hopefully uh the next time we do this we'll get to the point that we can do websites and get our ticketing squared away with that uh but as it is for this year um, the VIP tickets are sold out. So if you've seen the poster, that VIP seating is gone. So we have general admission tickets available. They're $15 a piece. Um, you can either contact North Star Lanes in Anago. Uh, their number is 715-627-4325. And they will have tickets there available for you. I'll give you the details over the phone, phone or stop in in person. Or if you don't live in the area and you would like some tickets um, in the next day or so, uh, contact me, Brady Gregrich. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can shoot me a, a message and I will get back to you. Um, and I can either hold the tickets for you or I can mail them to you, whatever it need be. But um, if you're def if you're interested one way or the other and you want to make sure you get your hands on some tickets, give one of those two places a call and we will we'll help you out. Awesome. As we wrap up uh, this episode of the podcast, is there anything else that you would like to plug, you'd like to say, um, anything else that you'd like to add? Just to come to the show. Um, it's going to be a great time for, uh, for Valentine's Day, a good reason to come out on a date night. There's going to be a lot of people there um, from the Anago area and people that are coming from all over that maybe were from Anago originally. So if you're on the fence and you know people in the area, a family, or even if you're not, there's going to be a ton of friendly faces there. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to forget about whatever BS is bothering you in everyday life. And you can listen to uh, me and the other awesome comedians up there uh, expound on whatever is on our mind that day. And know that your money is going to two very worthwhile causes. 
Awesome. Well, Brady, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show tonight with me. And I'd like to thank my guests for joining us on our first ever episode of Irish Talks podcast, the only podcast for the listener by the listener. And once again, if you have any suggestions on ideas for future podcasts, please email me at irishtalks at gmail.com. Once again, that is irishtalks at gmail.com. And I look forward to seeing those emails and coming up with some good content and some more guests. Again, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you and talk to you in the very near future. (music) 